I'm Rebecca Rail. I'm from Southwest Chicago Christian School currently, and I am the preschool director there. Um, so a little bit about me. I all this says is that I'm starting to get very old, and now have a lot of um, experience in a variety of settings. I've been in urban schools, suburban schools, um, with low-income, high-risk, high-need students, and in middle class. Um, so I've kind of been all over the map. I am a homebody, and I like to be in one place, and God said, I'm going to stretch you and move you, and here you go. Um, and here's a whole bunch of things that I love, and my husband would say, you can't do it all. And I say, yes, I can. Here's me. Um, so most importantly, I love Jesus. I am a wife and a mom first, and then I teach little people, lots of them. So um, just a little background on today's session. I, over the years, have taken my circle time and turned it into um, a curriculum. So this kind of explains to you the process of how I did that, why I did it, and we're going to go through it today. So um, it is not a promotion for you to purchase something. It is hopefully helpful for you in terms of creating your own things or enhancing what you already have. And my hope is that by going through this process, um, you will be able to take back real tangible ideas to your own classrooms and strategies. However, if you are thinking, I don't have time and energy to do all of that, it is done for you. And you are welcome um, to visit my Teachers Paid Teachers store. But please know that is not my main goal today. So, um, back when I was uh, teaching in a Preschool for All grant classroom, I was getting very frustrated because the state and our administration was saying, here's what you need to do, and here's how you need to do it, and here's your boundaries, and I just thought, I don't have enough time to do all of this. Also, they were taking away a lot of intentional teaching time and saying, kids get free choice over everything, and I said, no, they need choice, but they also need it within boundaries, and there has to be some parts of preschool where we are giving them intentional things to focus on and work on, um, but doing it in a way that is exciting for them, that is engaging for them, and that they are participating in. This is not, just because it's teacher-directed does not mean that I am doing it and they sit there absorbing information by listening. No, teacher-directed is I'm going to teach this to you and you're going to do it with me so that you can learn it. So I was getting very frustrated, number one. Number two, how many of you are currently preschool teachers? Okay, yay. How many of you are kindergarten? How many of you are kindergarten get curriculum for like a teacher's manual and things you can do? Okay, so we got a mix. So this is where I was getting forgetful. Preschool has never been handed a teacher's manual and said, here's what you do. Follow this, add to it. And I was forgetting standards because when you just go and you plan week by week, you all of a sudden think, oh, this class has been really enjoying this, so we've been focusing on math. In the meantime, we have not been focusing on letters um, or any other aspect. So every year I would get to the point where I would think, oh, we better put that into circle time. We better make sure we get to this. Or we're low in this, we better add this back in. And so I was finding that I was not really doing a very well put together, cohesive anything, really. So I 
something that had daily repetitive practice that they could do over and over and over again and get really good at, but I wanted it to be in short, short amount of time so that it could match their attention span. I also had a problem with frameworks because in preschool, um, if you are no creative curriculum at all, it is about a billion and one ideas and you have to go through them and sort through what you want and pull it out and it's super time consuming. And so I thought I would love for someone to just give me what is preschool appropriate and what I know I need to hit on a regular basis so that my kids are prepared for kindergarten. So I started finding and filling gaps, um, started looking at all of my activities and kind of mapping them out. Then I did a whole bunch of trial runs for a few years and have been in the process of revamping it. So in your handout, if you look, the very front page is all of the kinds of activities and standards that I have hit in my circle time curriculum. By the time I get through the end of the year, all of those things have been done with regularity. On the second page, you have the map that I used. It's a blank map. If you want to create your own and kind of map out and see where your activities line up and what you've been covering and you hit well and you want to fill in your own gaps, go for it. That page is for you. Um, here's the caveat. While I was doing it, I thought there is no way I can hit all of those standards and do all of those activities in one circle time. Right? You've got a max of maybe 20 minutes at best. Um, maybe by the end of the year you can eke out 25, but you're probably starting at close to 10 to 15 at the beginning of that school year. So part of my plan was I need to hit one activity that can get maybe three or four standards out of that activity so that we are not um, giving ourselves whiplash during circle time. So here are some of the basis of my circle time, and you'll see it when we get to the um, portion where we implement it. We, I follow the Jolly Phonics order of letters. It is the easiest for kids to start learning with because it uses the com most common six letters first that you will see in the most words. So S-A-T-I-P-N. You can create the most words in the English language with those six letters. Six. Um, Erickson Institute for Math says that our kids have to be able to go and use the numbers one through five with efficacy the entire time. You have to be able to identify it. You have to be able to count with one-to-one -one correspondence, subitize it. You need to match numeral to quantity. You need to be able to do all of those before you can start working with higher numbers. So we loop through one through five three times, review them all. We loop through six through ten three times, review them all. Then we add in zero and ten because you need other numbers to be able to learn zero, to know what nothing is. And then we just review those all throughout the last part of the year. At the time when I developed this, I was having to use Teaching Strategies Gold as our assessment. Anyone else have to use that or familiar with it? Right. It is the most current, probably largest preschool assessment if you are in any public setting. doesn't matter what your grant funding is. doesn't matter what your status is. That is the basis because it's research-based and it does follow a developmental scale. So this lines up with that. So if you are using this in a private school, you can meet public school standards. You will be hitting all of those guidelines. It's also based on the Illinois Early Learning and Development Standards for preschool. And of course, um, now we've got to a few decades of experience. So 
when you look across here, what you'll see is that some of those things are in parentheses. This would be the month of December. These are the things we're covering. One activity for the welcome is also used for color, is also used for shape. So that's how you start hitting a ton of things all at once because depending on what day you're introducing it on, you can talk about those things. By the time you get to mid the end of the year, kids can sometimes handle doing all of them in one day. But at the beginning of the year, you would maybe do one one day, focus on the shape the next day, focus on the color the next day. So things are hoping to overlap. Then if you go down through the months, my goal was to make our first activities at the top of the year easier. And so they get progressively more difficult as we go down towards the end of the year. They either require other um, skills to be introduced or we just do it at a much more difficult level. You have to show me more. So um, we'll go through a few of those as we go. Here's the thing I, um, that I just wanted you to keep in the back of your mind because it has stuck with me since I figured this out. Um, Fisher Price has it going on. And I learned this while I was playing Fisher-Price with my toddler at the time. I looked at their shapes order, and have you ever noticed what, num um, what shape is with the number one? Gucci. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> they have a circle because it's one line. Guess what number's on their heart? Two. Two curvy lines. Guess what number's on their triangle? Three. They are already overlapping that. So if you can find those things and match them up, your kids will remember those things. So that is, if you remember anything, that's where I got this. That was kind of the start of it. So now we're going to get to um, the practical part of this. Here's the tricky part when you're doing this for adults and not kids. Number one, I need you to participate. <laughs> Even if you don't feel like it, I know. It's, I want to come to a conference, sit and do nothing. Um, but the more you help me, and if you can think like a preschooler or a kindergartner, that also helps. Um, number two, I want to try and run it like I would in a preschool, but I also want to give you a little bit of context. So um, think where you would potentially be in your year. We're going to start with October week one, so we are maybe about a couple weeks prior to this week. Um, Basically, your kids are into routine, right? So they've got this down, they understand your language, they understand your expectations, for the most part, um, and you've got kids that track with you. So I'm gonna try and do this the way that they would be currently doing this right now. Um, but if you have questions, I'm gonna try and run three, three circle times. I think we might be able to pull it off. If not, we can stop, you can ask questions, and we'll go from there. So, um, I always start with welcome song, and we do also do devotions. That is not in this curriculum, just because each school varies on that and what, how you handle that and when you do it, um, but that is part of our thing. So, um, it goes like this. If you're mad to be at school today, then show us. If you're mad to be at school today, then show us. If you're mad to be at school, then your face will surely show it. If you're mad to be at school, then show us. And if they're not, they don't. If they are, they put on their mad face. And you have kids do it just because they want to be mad, right? 
So we'll go through that. We'll talk a little bit about emo which emotion we are. And then I'll say, okay, now show me how you are feeling today. If you are not mad, show me with your face. What does it look like? We talk about what happens with our face. So then we're going to move on. My materials are looking dated because they're well loved and used. So if you choose to make some of these, they will not look this bad. All right, friends, we're going to talk about our weather today. Where do we look to find our weather? We look up at the ceiling. Ah, we look outside, so look out those windows. What do you see? Cloudy. Cloudy. Yes, do you see blue sky or shadows coming into the room? No, so it can't be sunny. Something's covering up our sun. Is there anything coming down from our clouds? No. No, so no rain and it's not snowy today. So then I have a kid come up and they move the weather arrow and they move it to cloudy and I'll say, okay, now, how does it feel outside? Because that's not what it looks like. What does it feel like? And they will answer you with what it looks like. So you say, did you have to wear a coat today? Did you have to wear your uh, flip-flops? Did you wear sunglasses? No. So then they'll come and either move it to hot or cold. The beauty of this is that in between is warm. It is not hot or cold today. It is in between. Um, I added a second arrow. You can add a third arrow if you really want. Um, you can make it however you want to. Now up until this point, we have talked about what it looks like, what it feels like. We've talked about when we look outside, we can't say sunny if we can't see sun or shadows if we haven't had to pull the shades in our room. We have talked about why it is like that, not just what it is. Okay, so then we have our letter for the week. So this is the Jolly Father story. This would be the last letter out of the series. We do three or four a week and we loop through them real fast. Then next week we start doing one letter a week and we start reviewing all of the letters that we've done while still referencing back to our, um, all of them, 26. So I'll say, here's our story for today. Sam was going walking with his pet dog, Samson, and Samson found a stick. And so Samson picked up the stick and handed it to Sam. Sam. It. Now it was a hot and sunny day, so they were getting very tired. They decided to just walk. Along the way, they found a snake, and the snake hissed at them because he was scared. And that scared Samson and Sam too. But then the snake, he's a pretend snake in Jollyphonics, said, don't be scared. I'm not a scary snake. I'm a silly snake. And Sam and Samson realized that they didn't have a reason to be scared. Okay? So then we go over that. And we do that for every letter as we introduce them. And then we'll sing the song. And I'll say, boys and girls, will you sing this with me? The snake is in the grass. The snake is in the grass. The snake is in the grass. And then the kids sing it with me and learn all of those songs. Eventually, they start requesting them. And then you've got to flip real fast. Um, so a new activity I started doing with them this year was, when you find the letter that looks like this, tell me to stop. Right? Stop. So here we go. So then, this is really high for 
mine, so I can't give credit to anyone. Other than you can print these out, and tomorrow if you come to the make and take, you can make them. Um, it goes like this. Fred Red bumps his head. Fred Red bumps his head. Fred Red bumps his head. Wow. Crazy color creatures. So then I'll say, you know, I hear some words in there that sound like Fred and Red. Fred, Red, Head. And so what you're doing while you're doing this is assessing, are they participating with you? And that's it. Can they repeat the words you just said? You document that. Do you have kiddos that can add a rhyming word to this? Fred, Red, Bed. They all are yelling out crazy stuff, right? So you're documenting which level they're at during that rhyming. You've now got color, you've now got rhyming, you've now got answering a question appropriately. So we'll do those, they go through all of them. By the end of the year, I can say to them, I wonder if you have a word that sounds like bump. I chose that because it's on bump, it does not sound like red, red head, and you see who can make their own list of rhyming words. And then I will not put you through this, but um, this is the week where we would read through the shape books. They are by Capstone Press. Um, I usually order them, I think, oh, maybe like short catalog. Um, we read through all of them. The beauty of these books is that you can read the text that's here. I usually have my kids find the shapes that are on here. If you'll notice, every page number is also in that shape. So then we practice counting, too. How many stars did you see on this page? Tell me about the flag. We read through this almost every day of the week, but because of that, I can read this one day, we can talk about the stars we see the second day. One of the days, you can read the side text that goes with it, explains about the picture. And at the end, there are some star activities and crafts you can implement into table toys, you can put in the center. I mean, really very awesome for that. So then, we move on to find the number. So if you're willing to come and grab a number, that would help out. Every kid gets a picture. So this week we are talking about the number five. So um, I try and pick numbers that are close to it. Four, five, six. If you have someone who's struggling with one-to-one -one correspondence, go as low as one or two, right? And you very nicely can that kid too. Um, because you know they'll be able to participate and come close or work on it or give them the next higher number. So I often have the number five up here because I have a really good group. I'll say, who has the number five? Does anybody have the number five? I do. So you're going to bring it up and put it on up here. Linda, are you? <laughs> Drop the kids out. Say that. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs>
something that is not the number five, you're going to come up and put it in my bag. Now, I have the blessing of a paraprofessional, so I usually give my paraprofessional the ones that are not, and I manage this. So if you have the number five, come put it up here. If you do not, come put it in the bag. And I will have them tell me the number as they put it in. So I'm trusting you're good. <laughs> tell me your number. Six and six. <laughs> nice. And then I'm looking and making sure, and if it's not correct, I'll send them back to the rug and say, please count again or try again. Three. <laughs> try again. Four. <laughs> and so they'll either guess or count again. We'll go. So we'll talk about the number five. How many fingers is five? A whole hand. Five is an easy number because you just put up that whole hand. And then we'll practice counting chocolate chips. So count with me. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Were they right? Yes. Okay, let's make tally marks. Put up your writing finger. Here we go. One, two, three, Four, five, go across, good. And then we'll talk about the slices of pizza that are left. Does this make a whole pizza? No. no. This just makes part of a pizza. I wonder how many slices we need to fill in more. Do you think that we need one more piece, or two, or three? And when we get to the bigger numbers, then they're going to finally see, no, this is a whole. And we've been talking about how the pizza grows as we add more pieces to it each week. And then the last part would be this one. Um, again, you will have a very loud classroom for this, just so you know. Um, also, side note, I would not do all of these that day. I would do two to four activities out of this, and then the next day I would do a different two to four activities, and the next day I would pick pieces of both of those days. If you have a day that has longer circle time, you could potentially do all of it. Here's the beauty of this. Your kids are not sitting for the entire time. They're up, they're moving, they're doing it, they're going back, they're fo focusing on different things. So your 20 minutes doesn't feel like 20 minutes. It goes real fast. So, I have this resource. Did you make it or did you give it somewhere? So here's the deal. Um, Lakeshore made this in a magnetic version and you can't buy it anymore. So I got mad and said, forget this, I'm making my own. Because it was awesome. It got every kid involved. No one was sitting there. Even if you didn't have the number five, you're still participating. Um, so yeah, I, if you find one, I would like probably pay for that on eBay. Because the magnetic version is awesome. This is just Velcro. Okay, so I have Mr. Potato Head here. The first time you do this, it's going to be a little rough. And you're going to want to pull your hair out because what happens when you say to a child, where do you think I should put his feet? No. Here. There. It goes there. And you're like, what does there mean, guys? Where's there? And so you end up prompting, like, does it go on his head? Is this there? Does it go on the side of his body? Is this there? And they're screaming at you, no, no, there, there. And that's the entire point. Kids don't, don't have the language for that yet. Parents are not kind of prompting that as they're doing it. So I'll say, oh, do you mean it goes on the bottom? And they say, yes, Mrs. Rail, on the bottom. So then we start getting it. By the time you finish with this for a couple weeks, 
you will start getting position words of it goes on the top, it goes on the side, it goes under or between. Between and next to the hardest ones. So don't start with those, start with the bottom. And eventually we end up getting a complete Mr. Potato Head. He's a little uh, sketchy. And then I have a couple of them, so then we switch them out. And the kids are super excited when you have a new looking Mr. Potato Head. So that is week one. 10 minutes, okay, don't ever do a circle time like that for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I just want to give you as many ideas as you can and strategies. So, any questions? I do. Um, I don't, do you ever implement like the calendar into what you're doing, or is that a separate time of day, or do you not do that at all? Just kind of curious here. Um, so, here's, here's the tricky part. I nixed calendar. Okay. I just said nope. Um, mostly because the research doesn't support calendar in preschool. Think about what it follows. No mathematical rules. None. It does not operate on base 10. It does not operate in sets of five. It never has the same rhythm in terms of like this day is always this. It's forever changing. Sometimes there's 30, 31. Those numbers go right over your preschooler's head, right? What you end up teaching by calendar is routine. Can you follow a routine? Um, so my, my, my big take on that was after looking through a whole lot of stuff, it was like, kindergarten can take that one, <laughs> right? Um, they, they, can, they can tackle that beast because it just, it, it didn't work. And you have the same one kid answering your questions all the time. And if I thought about how circle time should run, how much of your calendar are your own kiddos doing? Not much. It's almost always teacher talking and students just looking. Now, having said that, there are fantastic resources out there for kindergarten. Um, if you follow any of the major names in early childhood, Kim Adsit, Kim Giordano, um, help me out ladies, who's another couple that we see? Donna White, like they have some, Sherry Sloan, they have some fantastic kindergarten resources for calendar that I would recommend using if you're there. I tried adapting them to preschool, it just did not work. It was, it was rough, so. Thank you. Yeah. But I know that goes against everything they tell you. Yeah? Is there one activity you do do every day? You add others, but like with the letter of the week, and you hit that every day? Yes. Letter of the week is probably the one thing that we do every day. And I will tell you, oh, no, we don't do it every day. I left my flag at home. I keep the Pledge of Allegiance in it. Um, when I was in public school, it was the one time in preschool that I could guarantee that we could have a discussion about religion. Um, and once I came to private school, it felt like, it's also in general preschool is hard to get social studies into. It just is. There is not a lot you can do. So it is one of the standards that you can get in. Um, but also I, after having public school experience, to be able to say to my kids, look, not everyone can have these Bible stories, not everyone can talk about Jesus like we can. And I will tell my kids, this is one thing
that every public school student still does, and they have a chance to hear about God. And so we also use it as a way to get outside of our own classroom and what is around us. So, yeah, letter is probably the only thing I do every single day. But the whole goal of this is that once your kids get in the rhythm of working with you like this, you can probably hit everything at least three times if you can keep it rolling. So, okay, circle time about a month later. Um, here's the first thing I would do. We are on week four. So I have my number cards up here, and I would say to my kids, um, all right, we're going to say hello to each other. So um, you need to find someone, and you need to give them a fist bump. So find a partner. Your partner, by now they know you have, once you are looking at someone, that's your partner. No one else can bump into you. No one else can take your partner. Um, so you would do that. Go ahead. Find a partner. Give them a fist bump. You're going to turn and look at them. <laughs> now don't go anywhere. Do not move. You have to teach your kids how to look at each other in the face, and you need to teach them how to say hello or hi, or good morning, or how are you. My partners cannot leave each other until they have done that. And you will have to coach kids. They won't do it naturally. So say hello to each other. If someone asks you how are you, that other person has to respond. It cannot be this. Okay? So you might walk up to them and say, no, honey, they asked how are you. Are you happy today? Yeah. Okay, well then tell them that, right? Use your words and you're gonna coach them. Okay, because we're on number four, that was person number one. Find another person, this is person number two. Okay. Ah, chatty Cathy's. All right, here we go. So you're gonna do that again and again. Now remember, you've built up to four. I asked somebody, and my parapro asked somebody, who did you say hello to? So they have to remember the four people they've said hello to. Now they did this for number one, number two, number three. You are testing recall. Who can remember four things? In a preschool world, that's like astronomical. <laughs> and if you have someone there at the highest level, but you've been building up to that. So now you've got social emotional, you've got language, you've also got recall. That's a hard one to get in in preschool because remembering all those things is rough. So, have a seat. All right, if you remember Fisher Price, here we go. Because we're on number four, this is what we're doing. So, I've introduced a mystery shape song to them every week, sometimes multiple ones. So, it'll go like this I have four lines, I have four lines, do it with me. Two are long, two are short. I'm a mystery shape. Can you guess my name? I'm a rectangle. Rectangle. So then we talk about draw two sh two long lines, draw two short lines, and if they're right, they're going to be like screaming it at you again. You will have to remind them. You have to sing the song first before you can tell me what shape it is, because they'll blurt it out halfway through. And then we talk about how that is not the only shape that has four sides. I have another mystery shape for you today. I have four lines. I have four lines. And you will hear, rectangle! No! Two on the top, two on the bottom, 
I'm a mystery shape. Can you guess my name? I'm a diamond. Diamond. I'm a diamond. And you can introduce one each day. And then at the end of the week, they are guessing between three three shapes. You really want to mess with them? Because you got to mess with kids sometimes in preschool. Same one that does not fit the number four at the end of the week. Go back to circle, oval, heart. You will start singing it, and they're going to look at you like, Bingo. Now you are fine. You are understanding which of your kids understand four and why you're doing what you're doing. Okay. Um, we don't have enough space in here without chairs to play this game. We will play musical chairs. So I lay out all kinds of colors on the floor. I play some music. We stop the music. Out of the bag, I pull this color. They have to tell me what color it is. Orange. Then I'll, before I put it away, before it gets removed, I'll say, how many people are standing on orange? Show me with your fingers. So there might be five people standing on orange. There might be two. There might be zero. So then we play the music. Now you have less options of colors to pick from, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller until there's no more left. You can play until time runs out, until you have no more colors left. You can play you know, for two colors, because that's all you have time for for the day. But what you're getting in is number and color and one-to-one -one correspondence, and then they're talking to each other, um, and they're really upset when the colors go away. So, um, then we get to our weather. Weather has now changed. We're at a new weather thing. So we've got our weather caterpillar up here. Because we're towards the end of the week, we'll add on here. I draw the first couple of them. Again, I'll say, look out the window. What do you see? Today is still cloudy, yippee. Um, welcome to, to December or January. Um, and so I will draw it, write the words, put it up. So then the next day, they'll do it. So I will hand out the card. They're all clamoring for a turn, and they want to draw their picture. And then we'll add it. While that person is drawing their picture, I am asking questions. What do you see in the beginning of our weather caterpillar? What's first? Show me number one. What's first? And you will either get one of two options. Sometimes they want to say the head. Sometimes they want to say the first weather picture. So then I'll say, what do you see at the end of our weather caterpillar? Now, because you're adding every day, the end changes. So you can say what's last. So now you've got that. If you have time and want to, you can turn this into a color pattern. We currently have a rainbow going on, but you could do um, blue and orange, blue, orange, blue, orange, and then you can ask about patterns along the way. So if you've got that up, then we'll make sure I'll say, give me a thumbs up if she's right, give me a thumbs down if she's wrong. So then you have the kids participate. We put it up, and then I'll say, what's last now? Is it, and the beauty of this is, Again, we're going for specific language. So they'll say cloudy, and I'll say, yeah, but which cloudy is last now? Because we had a blue cloudy before, and now we have a pink cloudy. Then you can ask questions like this. What color is on our caterpillar between the blue and the green? Which, and they have to tell you. And if you have a kid who doesn't know, you put your hands up and give them that prompt. And then you can do it again with, like, 
if you have kids who are really good at ordinal numbers, you can start doing first, second, third, fourth. Um, and then we can count how many spaces are in there. What's happening to our caterpillar as we're going? It's getting longer. You don't want to go with bigger. You want to go with the right mathematical term, right? Here's the other fun thing you can do. Start making your caterpillar go different directions because you can start talking about across and up and down. Um, I do have a circle time curriculum where we do multiples of these a year, and then we start talking about which caterpillar is longer and which is shorter and which one is a medium one. We repeat that activity more than once. So you can also break those up into pieces. Um, let's see. And then we do our patterns. So um, this time it can be an action pattern. So I would say, okay, boys and girls, let's do a pattern. Remember, it goes over and over and over again. And you want them to say that with you so that they remember what pattern goes with. So then I'll do this. and you can alternate those or you can ask a kid to do the pattern and then the other kids have to imitate it with you. And we do go up to um, like ABC, AAB, ABB, we mix them all up. You, but you do one each month. So the whole month is all AB patterns. Then it's ABC because that's the next easiest one. Then you go to doing multiples at a time, like two class, one knee. Um, go slow because you'll have kids doing this. And then they're not following a pattern. So you want them to be intentional with what they're doing. Anytime they're counting, anytime they're doing a motion, um, like we'll do an activity where it's like, okay, do four jumps. One, two, do not let them just go on their own. You'll never get the one-to-one -one correspondence ever. They just won't do it. Okay, so that would be like another week. Question. How long do you have the weather caterpillar go? Like a week or two weeks? A month. A month. The whole month. So that's why if you did it by week, you could potentially four like four caterpillars, and then you can compare the caterpillars. Um, the first time I do it, I really just make them super long. They love that. At the end, you can turn them into a butterfly too if you really want to. <laughs> but you have to have a you have to have a month with a lot of days in there that you've actually been in school doing the weather. <laughs> In that case, do it every day or you won't have enough. All right, so here's the last one. So we would do a welcome. Uh, let's see. All right, come grab some. You can do this with popsicle sticks too. Popsicle sticks and turkey. All right, your job is to find the person who has the same shape and color as you. And hopefully you find someone because right now I've got a lot of spoons. Got a partner. 
am I missing? Blue rectangle. Blue rectangle. There we go. Circle. Circle. Okay. Now, same rule as when you were doing number greeting. You have to look at the person that is your partner. Say hello, good morning. Give a question. Um, I might say, ask your partner what their favorite color is. Show me five. If you have kids that don't know five, you say, 
If you don't know what five is, you start at zero. One, two, three, four, five. Now, if you have enough time, this is another time where you can be like, okay, now we're going to clap five times. Do not let them clap crazily. One, two, They will beg you to play this the entire circle time. <laughs> and if you have time, go ahead and oblige. Okay, last. Oh, how good are we doing? Um, here we go. Then one of the next newest activities would be our weather graph. Now you've seen how it gives us the weather. We are now deciding what the weather is like. We're making it on our own. Now we're going to start incorporating a whole bunch of math concepts with science good teachers integrate. So this is my bottom strip. I, if you make this, I would recommend making these black and white or doing them on black cards. I put a yellow strip behind there because when they start counting, they want to count your placeholder. And you don't want them to do that. You, you fight that the whole time. So I am bad at this right now. I need to change that. Um, these are the first three days that we've had. So I will say to the kids again, what does our weather look like outside today? They will all argue over what happens. I'll say, well, do we have things coming down from it? Do we see the sun? Whatever. They'll say cloudy. So I'll say, is this cloudy? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I know you're a little far away. It is not, just so you know. Cloudy's pink. Is this cloudy? But wait, there's a cloud on here. Why can't I put this up there? Yeah, there's snow. No, because there's snow coming out of the clouds. Can't do that. There's nothing coming down right now. Is this cloudy? Yes, thumbs up or thumbs down. So then you pick a student to come up and put it on the graph. Um, I would do that at the end. If you're first introducing this, I would do it first. Is this where I put my cloudy? Why not? Can I put my cloudy up at the top of my graph? No. When we make a graph, we always start at the bottom when we go in the know? next open space. So I would say, no, I can't because there's too much space. There's nothing up there. Okay, well, at the bottom in the next open space. No. That's <laughs> weak. Sorry. <laughs>
talk about position words. Okay, where is the cloudy? Anybody know? And they will tell you where. There. there. No, it's not there. It is between the sunny and the rainy. Right? Then you'll say, okay, what's next to the snowy? Trick question, you will have kids argue over this. Why? There's two answers. So it's a good discussion about how there's not always just one right answer. Sometimes you have windy, sometimes you have rainy. So now you've gotten science, you've gotten counting, you've gotten position words, and you've gotten um, measuring. Because now you say, which one has the most? And you say, snowy. How? Here's the other key to this. Um, preschool teachers are kind of historically bad at this. <laughs> because we're not taught this very well. How do you know? So, you don't want kids to be able to just point at this. So, you say, because snowy keeps going and everything else stopped. Nothing else came as high as snowy. Hardest one. Which one has the least? What are they going to tell you? Cloudy. They will either tell you cloudy or they will tell you the thing that has one. Because again, zero is something that's totally relative to everything else. It doesn't make sense otherwise. So then we talk about how rainy and windy have none. They're the lowest. So then we talk about which one is a medium amount. And you can show them. My hands are here and here. A medium one will be something in between. And so then they can pick, again, more than one answer, which sometimes makes kids go so, any questions? Do you, like now you're in January and you're doing weather, do you build on what you did in October and do the wheel and the caterpillar and the graph, or do you shift and move it as you go? We're just shifting and moving as we go. However, there is one activity that we do twice in this particular circle time. I, we can have kids up to three years. So I have been slowly building up a three-year circle time rotation. Um, sometimes I have overlaps of, of activities, but I try to keep it very different and still hit all the standards. But the one that we repeat is a weather activity called Dress the Student. So I have a bag of all kinds of materials, umbrellas, sunglasses, snow pants, hats, gloves. Um, I don't know, Curly, what else is in it? I don't remember. So anyway, it's just a big basket of things. And so uh, I'll pick a student who wants to be the who volunteers, and I'll say, okay, look outside. What is our weather like today? The beauty of that one is it incorporates also how it feels. So I'll say to them, we have to dress this person to go outside. And I'll hold up an item, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and then we get them dressed head to toe in what they need to wear outside. Sometimes it's just sunglasses. Sometimes it's a winter coat. Um, you know, sometimes it's the umbrella and the winter coat. Um, but we repeat that twice throughout the year because I do, at least based on our weather, if anyone's not from the Midwest and ever does this, they have a problem potentially. But we do it once in like late fall and then we do it once towards like spring going into summer because the way you dress is different. And so I wanted kids to like kind of get the feel for that. So 
That one we do repeat, but it should be building. And then at the end of the year is a weather report board. Again, Lakeshore is not my friend. They had a magnetic weather board, and then they don't make it anymore, so I made my own. But it has almost all of these concepts in it where it incorporates a graph, and it incorporates the thing that I like about that one is it has a picture graph by the day of the week. So it kind of mirrors a little bit of the calendar in terms of like, here's where we were for the week, and then here we are for the month on the graph. And then the beauty of that one is it incorporates a written portion. So you can have kids dictate to you the weather report. Today is going to be sunny. We will need to wear whatever. So that is kind of the culmination of all of those. But the very first way we start introducing weather is by reading weather books. We read books. Today is sunny, snowy, it's rainy. We talk about why it happened. Some books you have to paraphrase. They've just got too big of words. Um, and then we just put up a picture of that day. Super simple. That way when we get to here, we've got the language for shadows. And um, I mean, I've had kids use precipitation because we've read it in, in the science story. This is real. It's precipitating. Go home and tell your mom and dad that. <laughs> All right, any other questions? Yeah? What if you have a split? I have a JKK split. I have 23 right now, and it's, I have nine kindergartners and 15 JKK. Cool. I thought I had it rough. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I hope you have a good rest of your day.